Leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Welcome to Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath, where experienced leaders share their own brand of leadership to help you develop and improve your own leadership capabilities. And now, here's your host, Dr. Gary. I'm Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. Welcome again to Leading from the Front, where leadership is a responsibility, not a position. And today's guest is a pusher of boundaries. She is the leader of a structural engineering firm taking the architectural engineering and construction industry outside the box. She's reinvented the way structural engineering happens across the country by being real, open, and authentic. She guides her team of analytical engineers, and I know something about that because I am one, to grow in their abilities to connect, relate, understand, and communicate openly with clients to find their greatest professional and personal success. She earned her undergraduate degree in architectural engineering at the University of Wyoming and her master's of engineering right here at North Carolina State University. She was a member of the board of directors of the Greater Raleigh Chamber of Commerce and presently is a member of the board of directors with the YMCA of the Triangle. She is passionate about living a full life. She likes dancing, paddleboarding, camping, and traveling the world. Please welcome the CEO of Lynch Mikan's Structural Engineers, Anna Lynch. Hi, Anna. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited. You know, I want to start off because I was, I was just doing a little bit of research on you, and I saw that you hired a brand new employee. I always do. Uh, Jessica Killian, right? <laughs> Jessica Killian, your yes. new executive vice president of integration, if I understand. Um, I, I'd like to start off and we'll get back into the history of how you've come to where you are today. But I'm just curious just to start off. What do you look for an employee? You, you, the, these engineers, I mean, I'm, I am one, right? I, I, I said that. And engineers are, a, I think, are a fun analytical, interesting group of human beings because of the way we think about problem solving in life. And we think we can problem solve our way out of life. How do you use those skills to figure out how to hire the best people to be a member of your interesting and leading firm? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a little different than what you would expect. But what I'm looking for are engineers that are open to personal growth. Mm. So someone that I can sit down and say, you think you know who you are, but what if you work here and I tell you you don't? Are you going to be okay with that? Because I can help you get to true happiness by figuring out who you really are. Right now, every engineer that I sit down and interview, I say, you have preconceived notions of who you need to be in order mm -hmm. to work in our industry. What if I can help you change that? I can help you break that but you have to want to break it. Don't work here if you do not. So that's, that's where we start is, do they have an ego and can we break the ego? Well, what you just made a statement, okay, that I wanna, I wanna latch on to who you need to be, but not just who you need to be as an engineer and what your preconceived conception of that is, but who you need to be in life. I mean, we're told our whole life 
you know, growing up, you know, you're supposed to do this. You're, you know, uh, when I was growing up, I had the greatest generation as parents and they, you know, uh, children are supposed to be seen and not heard. Shut up and sit in the corner. Be quiet. Don't make a lot of noise. Go out and play. And, you know, so we start to create this perspective of, of who we're supposed to be first as a child, then as an adult, and then within a role that you're talking about. So you really dig into the psychology of this. I'm guessing a lot deeper beyond just the engineering part of this. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's just personal growth. It's EQ. Do you want to increase your EQ? Do you want to? And do you even know what that means? And honestly, a lot of the analytical engineers, they don't want to work here Mm. because they're like, actually, I don't want to grow. And we get that. So we're not growing just by hiring analytical engineers. We're growing by finding people that want to grow personally. And so, and also looping back to Gary, what you just said is the industry, we, there is a box, right? And so that's what I've been trying to change in our industry is how, how about if we aren't professional? (laughs) Uh How about if we're, we swear, we don't wear what we're supposed to wear at events. We like wear tank tops to work, whatever it is. How about if we just like do what actually makes us happy And then maybe the industry will start following us because people say Lynch Mikens is a breath of fresh air. And what that means is they feel like they can be themselves because we are the trailblazers of figuring out who we really are and just being it. It makes people around us be who they are naturally. So, but Jessica is a different story because we actually, her, she's been here since Monday and I think it's Wednesday. So yeah, uh, she's still there. She's still here. Excellent. That's that's a success. (laughs) We went to college together, actually, Uh our undergrad. So she moved from Denver here. And she's like, all my employees are like, how do you know? Like, what was Anna like in college? And she's like, this. Yeah. She was exactly this. And she's still this. It's just a better version. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a couple of things. Uh, You mentioned EQ, which means emotion quotient, emotional intelligence tied into what my EQ is, just like IQ, it's EQ. So uh, people that at this point, I'm sure most people know exactly what that means. And we talk about emotional intelligence with engineers, people go, really, you know, you got to be kidding me. The fact is, is that the work that we do in leadership, that emotional intelligence and cognitive decision-making, they're only two scientifically measurable correlated characteristics of leadership effectiveness. Do I need to say that again, or is people catching up with that? Here's the thing. Okay, it's measurable, it's scientifically measurable, and it's correlated to success. So it's not any, the, the success that you have in your business, it, it's, it's directly connected to hiring the right people that have EQ, that have a higher EQ. You know, when you are talking to clients, and I tell people this all the time, listen with your eyes. You know, 93% of the message in a critical situation are the tone of the voice, the body language, the other thing. Listen with your eyes. So you hire people that actually listen with their eyes. Well, we train them. You train them. Okay. But, <laughs> but they're say, willing, right? First of all, they've got to be willing, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was doing an onboarding yesterday for three new employees and one of the the woman engineers that we hired, she was sitting there with her arms crossed the entire time. Mm. And I was like, you know, we learn, we train you on how to connect with people. I'm like, for instance, Alyssa, yes. what, how are you sitting right now? And she's like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, your arms are crossed. What does that say? What are you saying to me right now? What I'm, see- what I'm feeling and what I'm hearing is I don't want to be here or yeah. I don't want to hear what you're saying. She was like, oh, no, I got out. She uncrossed her arms. I was like, it's okay. You can work on that. 
But these are the yeah. things that we're going to call you out on. So. Yeah, but you really hit the nail on the head because you asked the question, and what did she say? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And the first step of development is is that awareness. Yep. You know, the, the ego has to be put aside and there's got to be a willingness. Like you said, if they're not willing, please don't come here. Yeah, please but if go. You're willing, if they're willing, then they will hear the fact that they're not aware. Yep. And that's, that's uncomfortable, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to do it, but now I love doing it. <laughs> I've yeah. learned how to do it, but also there's a way to do it. You know, I'm not being condescending or making them feel bad about themselves, but it is really fun to see the light switch. Yeah. When they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. When I see that, I'm like, all right, we're, this is going to be easy. We're going to get this person there. Yeah. But that sometimes takes a year, you know, Gary, they're, they're, it's, oh, it's it not takes, that easy. <laughs> so from a management standpoint, I will tell you, uh, in the work that we do in leadership development, we have a nine-month leadership program. And I tell people they're going to be different people when they come out of it. And, you know, all this is going to happen, these, these levels of awareness. I said, but to be a great leader takes decades yeah. to be a good manager or supervisor takes three to five years of hard work to become mediocre. <laughs> okay. Uh. So because it's, it's so complicated, like what you were saying, uh, you could have asked her, you know, why are your arms crossed? And she says, well, I'm cold. Okay. Do you know that that's okay? And I understand the reasoning behind it. Do you know that when you are sitting with someone new and your arms are crossed, it can be interpreted this way, just like what you said. Mm -hmm. And they go, I, I never thought about it that way. So what can you do about it? Well, I can either uncross my arms or I can say, is it cold, cold. in here? <laughs> right? So there's no confusion. Yeah. Right? That's what I was saying yesterday. I'm like, just communicate. Yeah. Like it starts with communicate. Please, God, just communicate. Just I don't care if it's positive, happy, sad, whatever it is, whatever emotion you have, say it because I can't read your mind. No one here can read your mind. Yeah. So just communicate. You have to communicate here. I don't care if it's, you're in a leadership role or the office admin person. I don't care. Communicate because the only person you're hurting by not communicating is yourself. Yeah. So. And maybe the team. Well, if the, if you the, probably you know won't be happy. No, no. But you probably, you, that's the thing yeah. is, is. The, the whole purpose of this podcast, uh, leadership is a responsibility, not a position, is to help people find their voice. Yeah. Is so that they can hear from leaders like yourself and other people that can find their voice to speak up and, and feel that discomfort, feel that, that resistance within them, hear the story that's going on in their head, and then say, have the courage to speak. Yeah. So we encourage that as yeah. much as we can. So let's, <laughs> let's go back and figure out how Anna came to that realization because here's here's this engineer here's a you know master's degree in engineering part of a you know structural engineering firm now the leader of it but how did you get here when when was it that you realized you were a little bit different as an engineer <laughs> um i guess it was like 2010 so it took me maybe five or six years within dupe being an engineer i'm like all right the economy's tanking I work for this engineering firm. We were 14 people. Now we're four. Why am I still here? Mm. I'm thinking, all these people are way smarter than me. They're better mm. engineers. Why am I still here? And I actually went to my supervisor. I'm like, um, why are you laying off everyone else and not me? And he's like, well, you're so connected to the community. People are so connected to you. Like clients love you. There's no way we can lose you. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then I started thinking, okay, what is it about me that makes me connect easily mm. with people? 
And I'm like, well, I've always been on a path of personal growth, always asking people to give me criticism. Come on, give it to me. What am I like? Why don't you like me? What can I learn? Since I was a kid, probably third grade. Um, And so I quickly realized that I actually subconsciously taught myself on how to connect with all kinds of different people. I am naturally an includer. I see value in everyone, no matter if you're the bricklayer or you're the CEO of another company. And that just, I had a huge group of acquaintances. I mean, thousands of people within the industry. And so I said, okay, well, let me, let me learn how to do that more. Let me expand on that ability. And so in 2010, I started talking to people about what sales mean, what is networking, what's marketing. I have no idea what the difference between marketing and business development is. I have a master's of engineering. How does an engineering business work? And then I'm just, I'm one of those people that's just always learning. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just sucking in all this information and asking the CEO and the COO. I'm just asking, I don't think, oh, well, I shouldn't talk to them. They're above me. Mm. I'm not one of those people. I'm just like, all right, talk well, to me. Well, there's a story, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and a lot of people have that story. I'm not supposed to speak. Right. Yeah, we got we to change that. Yeah. That was not trained in me as a child. I've been speaking up since I was like in third grade. I mean, my teachers were like, she won't stop asking questions. She's constantly mm-hmm. challenging me. My teachers would say, she's trying to make me better. Um, and so I've just kind of grown up with that mentality, uh, that personality, I guess you would say. But it's interesting that uh, there, there was a 12 years ago, there's an awareness, 2010. Yep. They're laying everybody off and you're wondering why, why are they, I'm, I'm, I'm not a great engineer. I mean, you know, was that, that's one story, yeah. right? Yeah. And the other story was a question of, you know, why me? Why are you keeping me? Because you're connected. So somebody externally made you aware of something that was a natural talent in you. Right. Right. That helped yeah. you realize, huh, what if I actually consciously applied that talent and right. started to expand my connection with others? What, what might happen? Right. So what happened? So what happened was... <laughs> um, I started working with my boss and saying, hey, can you be my test subject? I said, can I help you personally grow? Because I'm like, part of the reason why we're doing layoffs is because he's not connecting with other people. Mm. So I realized that I know how to do it. Can I train someone else to connect with people? Because, I mean, honestly, our industry changed. We won work because we were great structural engineers. In 2010, when the economy tanked, it didn't matter if you were the best structural engineer. It was if you had a relationship. So our mm-hmm. industry just got flipped. And so the old school engineers, they weren't winning work anymore. And they just kept laying off. They didn't know how to fix it. And so my current boss at that time, he was like, yeah, I'm willing to, to learn from you. And here I am, a 26-year-old. And he's, he's got 10 more years of experience than I do. And we just ca- came together as a team and started working on him. And I'm working on me. And we're getting out in the community. I'm coaching him through... Why didn't he connect with that personality and all that? So then we get to a point, the Raleigh office starts growing. We're winning work, we're growing. And I'm like, I think I have a thing here. Mm-hmm. And in 2012, I decided to write a business plan. I'm like, what if I created an engineering firm that focused equally on hard skills and soft skills, growing both equally? And I wrote a business plan and I decided that I was going to go out on my own and start a firm. And so I went to the CEO of uh, Stroud Pens at that time, which was Dave Mikens. 
And I said, hey, I'm leaving. I'll give you a month's notice. I really appreciate everything, but I'm not going to do my boss's job for him anymore. And they were like, what? I was like, yeah, I mean, great. He grew the office. We're hiring again. He's winning work. He's trained. You're welcome. I'm not doing his job <laughs> for him anymore. Yeah. And he came down from Virginia and fired the guy that day. Oh. Yeah. Came down, fired That was him. unexpected, right? Yes. Because I did not ask, can I run the office? That was not my No, you intent. were leaving. Yeah. I was landing. leaving. And then they came into my office and said, they being the CEO and Dave Mikens, and they said, hey, congratulations, you now are the managing director of the Raleigh office. Mm. You can do whatever you want. We will not bother you. And I was like, huh, okay. I said, sure, thank you so much. Didn't, didn't question myself. I was like, okay, didn't want that, but I'll try. They leave. My current boss comes in and he says, hey, Anna, can I work for you? I don't want to work for anyone else. I said, if you resent me, I will fire you. <laughs> and he was like, okay. And I said, well, I have There's this the business. That's yeah. the, the, you know, that's, that's a really good point, though, is that you have to create those kinds of boundaries. I mean, you just flipped roles. I did. Yeah. Right? So I, I have to tell you, I, a close friend of mine, I've, I've worked with at three different companies. Uh, Bob Jennings and I have worked together in three different companies. And Bob was a special forces army captain. I was an army captain. You know, so we kind of understand that, that culture, that army culture. When I worked for him, uh, first we worked as peers, then I was his direct rapport. And then I was his boss. When we went through that, that those steps, we had those kinds of boundaries that we set. But it was interesting because he used to joke with me in a certain way when, when I was his direct report. When I became his boss, we're sitting in a meeting, and he joked with me the same way he used to joke with me when he was my boss. And I just let it go. And I go into the office afterwards. And I say, hey, Bob, you and I need to talk. And he goes, what's up? I said, you cannot talk to me like that. Okay, that is disrespectful talking to, you know, your quote unquote boss. Now, you can talk to me any way you want when we're sitting at the bar and having fun and talking about, you know, good old times, but you right. can't do that. So I think the point here is that I want, you know, I don't want to miss it is, is for you to be able to that quickly establish the boundaries is so important in leadership. And, and I and didn't know to, that, but <laughs> no, you just, but you have this intuitive sense and then once you do it, you go, oh, that, that really worked. I, I need to learn more about that. How true. do I do that more, right? Yes, very true. So, so where did you take it from there? You, you, you so, took over the office. The person that just got fired, you hired him back. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, and took my business plan and implemented it in the Raleigh office. And we grew to be the, most, the largest office, the most profitable. And I kept going. I became an owner in the firm. And I'm going to the ownership meetings and I'm like, hey guys, let me help you. The other offices were losing money. I, my business plan is working and there was a lot of, uh, no, thank you. You are too young. You have no idea what you're doing. Stop trying to change this, this shit that we're doing. And I'm like, all right, got it. I promised myself five years. I'm like, learn everything about the business of structural engineering from this firm. And if they don't want to implement my business plan company-wide, then I'm out. I made it five years. Yeah. Okay. And I decided in 2016, this was it. I'm going to go start my own firm. I was ready to walk away from all the work I brought in, all the people I trained. And just honestly, I cannot be controlled. I'm a trailblazer. If people hold me back from trailblazing, I'm not going to stay. Um, and that's kind of when I learned about myself that I really am meant to be a CEO. 
honestly. Um, and I'm like, I, in order to be the CEO of this firm, it's going to be an uphill battle because changing old school um, engineers is a lot of energy. It's a lot of, yeah. it's a complacency issue. And engineers feel like if they get to the top, then they don't actually have to work hard anymore. It's like, oh, I made it. Now I'm just going to slide. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go along. Um, yeah, but there's a value here. I want to. I want to point out that okay. there's a value here that 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 is a core to the organization that you want to lead, and that core is being a lifelong learner. That's right. And if you have people around you that are not like that, you you can't change people's gut level values. Just not going to change that. So rather than trying to, you decided to go out on your own. That's right. Let's develop my own firm, right? You did That's it. That's right. The thing, the thing I love about this is you learned how to be a coach, a leader coach with your boss to start with, right? Yeah. You changed him around and, and got so much traction with that, that you, you built that business and became the boss. And that person said, I want to work for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is a I great know. story. I mean, it, yeah. it's a great story of leadership. And I don't know if you've thought of it that way, but there's these moments of awareness, these, these, like, it's like, it just hits you in these moments where you go, huh, you know, so you write a business plan skills. Oh my gosh, both technical and interpersonal skills in a firm. What a concept for engineers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a talent, I guess. Um, but it's a talent. It, there are moments of awareness. This is the key in it is yeah. there's moments of awareness where it hits you. And a lot of people miss those moments. Okay. Yeah. They also miss the trends and what's important. I mean, emotional intelligence has been around for a long time. All right. Mm -hmm. I love, I, I have a lot of uh, clients. I've got manufacturing clients. I've got construction clients. I've got uh, technologists. I've got distribution companies, brokers, I'm all kinds of different technical type businesses. And it's just such a joy to work with these people to open up their minds to right. this life of emotional fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. What did you say in the beginning? Helping people be happy. Are you yeah. out of your mind, Anna? Really? I know. It's a lot of work. I'm not going to lie, but it's really <laughs> fun when you get hard. them there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of people say, oh my God, Anna, you're so lucky. And I think you just nailed it. It's being aware of moments and taking that opportunity to create something new and taking the risk. Yeah. It's, it's been my life, honestly. It's yeah. like constantly seeing those moments and creating something and executing them. I think visionaries can have vision, but a lot of them can't execute. That's where I get really lucky is I'm a, I have ability to actually see things through and execute them. Yeah. Um, so to get back on the story is yeah. uh, in 2016, I told the CEO of Stroud Pence, Dave Mikens, that I was leaving. Um, that was a Friday. I didn't tell anyone I was doing it. My husband didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I just was done. I'm like, all right, this is it. Um, I gave a month notice and I went home and told my husband and he's like, okay, that's cool. Whatever you want. And Dave Mikens called me on Sunday and he said, Hey, I want to go with you. And he'd been with a firm for 32 years wow. and he was the largest percentage owner of Stroud Pence. And I'm like, why would you want to do that? He said, I don't want to go down with the sinking ship. I want to go with your ship. Mm. Um, and I said, okay, well, I want to be 51% owner. I want to be able to fire you at any time. And um, you have to do everything I don't want to do. And he said, okay, I'm in. 
And so we went to the original owners of Stroud Pence and said we were leaving together. And they said, well, if, the, if you guys go, the company's going under. And I said, well, that's not my problem because I have been communicating to you for years on what you need to do to save your company because I care about you and I care about the company. But unfortunately, you don't hear me. Mm-hmm. And now that is your problem. And in that moment, the moment I realized that I had all the leverage, I'm like, oh, hmm. well, why don't you just sell the company to me? Well, I said the Raleigh office. And they said, well, you might as well buy the whole company. I said, great. And I got up and walked out. And I had no intent in buying the company. It was never even a thought. <laughs> well, I'm sure even thinking about it, you're like, I don't know how to do that. I, I mean, don't know how, how to com- do that. Anna, how many companies have you bought? One, zero. 10, zero. Well, yeah, one, me now, too. one now. Yeah. Now, now you got one. Yeah. Yes. So um, what brought yes. you to make change the decision from that's, that's ridiculous. There's no way to, oh, wait a minute. Wait, just wait a minute. Um, well, I thought, you know, I always want to be the biggest and the best structural engineering firm because I want to compete with the people that wouldn't hire me because I didn't go to Ivy League school. Mm-hmm. So I've got a lot of angst towards those big guys, right? Mm-hmm. That wouldn't hire me. So I was like, well, if I had 32 people employed right off the bat, I'd be getting there quicker. So, and mm-hmm. I could save those 32 employees because honestly, I thought they were going to tank the company anyways. And about 18 of them I've developed. So I'm like, let's negotiate this out. But I didn't know if I was going to pay $5 million or $100,000 because I've never bought a company. Right. Right. So then I became like, I'm going to get an MBA at night. So I'm Googling like, what is, what is an acquisition? What's goodwill? What is book value? I have no idea. And like calling everyone I know, I'm like, I don't know anything about this. And in the end, we negotiated, we closed, we bought the company uh, in 2017, April. So it was actually five years ago. And now we're 70 people. Mm. So we've doubled in size. And did a lot of change management, as you can expect, buying those old school offices in Richmond and Norfolk, Virginia. So Ah. the people that didn't want to listen to you, I'm assuming that they either decided to come along or they're gone. 50% of them are still here working for me. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And they've grown into that happiness. And those are the light switches that I live for. Right. They're actually happy. Yeah. They're like, if I only knew... Ah, and I'm like, what if they said thank you? I'm just, it's fine. Yeah, don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. No, you see it in their eyes, right? And you yes, go talk to them. You see it in their lives, and you see it in their the, the way they the way they live their life. Yes. The way they interact with others. The way they interact with their families. They're significant others. I've I've gotten so many. I appreciate you so much, Anna. Yeah. I appreciate like even from the kids. Like, cause we have these events and the older kids come and they're like, you, my dad's changed so much since you, since you acquired the company. I just want to thank you. So there's been a lot of appreciation, which is, feels mm. really good. Mm. Um, but anyway, so it's been five years. So you, you have a talent of setting these clear boundaries and expectations. Uh, tell me about when you bought the company. Okay. You, you bought the company and now you're, you're leading this company and you have to give them the message. What did that message look like? Oh man. Uh, individual conversations. Okay. So I had an hour meeting with every employee in the company and I said, Hey, this is my business plan. We are going to be a people first engineering firm. You are my top priority. 
not how much money we make, not that we're going to meet all the numbers. Now we're going to, every decision in this company is not going to be a, a logical decision. It's not going to be based on the data. And what that's going to give you is happiness and also probably more money. But you got to bear with me because I have to do a lot of change management for the next year. So in that change management, it's going to be you also. So I'm focused on you and growing you to be happy in the new firm that I've created. A lot of a lot of those conversations were for the Virginia offices because they didn't know who I was. They're like, oh, that's the woman that's saving the Raleigh office. And now I'm like, hey, now I'm the CEO and I own the company. <laughs> and they're like, who are you? Yeah. They're like, you have so much energy and you're scaring me. You want to change me. And I'm like, no, I want you to be happy. I'm not going to change you. I'm not trying to change your personality. A lot of training on what your personality is and what we're doing with EQ and personal growth and the difference between the two. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I said, some people left and they're like, I just don't want to grow and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but that, that took about a year and probably about five years off my life. It mm. was a lot of work and a lot of listening, a lot of hearing and a lot of communication. Um, so I want to point something out at this point, though, and a lot of the things that you've said, and I want to highlight some of these things because it's so freaking important. All right. And again, I don't know if you did this just out of intuitive gut feel based on what you thought was the right thing to do. But there are so many studies out there that talk about one particular meta study that was done on mission statements focused on customer service versus employees versus other things. And here's one of the things that they, they found. No company has been successful in the long run by focusing entirely on customers. All right. It's an inside out process. Leadership is an inside out process. It starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with my desire to grow, to get better, to be aware and to be able to interact with people, communicate better and so on internally first. It's an inside out process. And by you saying what's most important is you, and then we'll try to make some money and then we're going to involve our clients and we're going to do these things. It's inside out. And there's so much research on this, Anna, and I don't understand why more companies don't listen, first of all, to the research and to the voice of somebody like you. And I'm actually, for the structural engineers of the world, do not listen to Anna. Do not. Because <laughs> I want Anna to make her people happy, make a lot of money, and do really well. Because if everybody's doing it, Anna, everybody's happy, and it's not going to happen, you see, because no, there's just not. too many people out there that don't freaking get it. Because what I'm talking about is leadership. And the thing that you said early on is you have to find people that are going to put their ego aside. And for a lot of people, that's the hardest part. And yeah. yet it is one of the greatest freedoms and joys of life is to know I'm flawed. I, I can put all this stuff aside. I, 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 I screw things up sometimes, but I want to be part of this team and belong. Right. And what yeah. you're doing is, 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 absolutely founded in research. It's based in, and yet you did it mostly, mostly on a little bit of research and on gut feel and intuition. That's pretty spectacular. Yeah. I, I think, again, I, I'm naturally a people first person. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, you know, my, my PR team is like, oh my God, you're telling every podcast, you're telling all these people, you're speaking about creating this people first engineering firm. What if other engineering firms do it and they copy us? I'm like, that's impossible. Yeah. It starts with leadership. It starts with what are the core values of the leader? 
of the CEO, right? And then it just bleeds down throughout the throughout the company. And so my core values has always been people. Like and you hire and keep the right people to do yeah, the same. Yeah, right? that's right. That's right. And uh, our our leadership program talks about this this inside out approach all the time. And I, I've had people say, "Well, how do you do this? How do you do this leadership development stuff?" Right? And I'm like. <laughs> Listen, I'll give you, I'll give you my training manuals. I'll tell you all the books that we do. I'll give it all to you. You can have all of it. I'll give you our lesson plans. You can't do what we do, you know, because what, what I remember and what I see in you, Anna, is what I think of, of the, uh, the octogenarian who was the chairman of the board of Mitsubishi several decades ago. And they said, what do you do here? I mean, you're over 80 years old and what do you do here? And he said, I'm the conscience of the company. Yeah. I like that. And that's, that's what you do. Yes. That's, I like that. I might have to reuse that. Yeah. So So let me, I want to, I want to, gosh, we could be talking for hours, but I want to, I want to, I want to wrap up with my, my question. I always ask people at the end. Okay. And that question is this, if you could write Anna a letter and send it back to yourself 10, 15, 20 years ago, what advice would you give Anna? I would say slow down to speed up. Mm. Um, I tend to take on a lot and move at a very fast pace and think I have to do everything now. Mm. Um, And so I constantly remind myself to slow down to speed up. So um, that's my advice to me. And honestly, that slowing down is be, be excited. Give yourself a moment to celebrate. You know, we're hitting our five years right here, you know, just a month ago. And there was a lot going on at that time. And there's always a lot going on, but a lot of very high stress things were happening. And I was like, you're going to regret if you don't slow down and actually celebrate this. And what does celebration mean to you? You know, is it popping a champagne? Is it going on a vacation? Is it stopping and go lay in the grass for an hour and ground yourself again? Um, so slow down, figure out what you actually want to do to celebrate and do it. So that's where I'm at right now. And 15 years from now, I hope I'm retired. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then you you can celebrate even more. Exactly. So one of the things that I do during these podcasts is I try to find a key phrase that you say that, that, uh, I will use as the, as the title of the podcast. Right. Okay. And, and I, I, I look at a, a lot of things that you talked about. You know, uh, being a, a you centered culture, uh, you first having that mission. But I really just like what the last thing that you said. And what I'm going to say is slow down, speed up, celebrate mm-hmm. and and slow down to speed up and celebrate. And I think that a lot of people in uh, today's day and age were so driven to, quote unquote, succeed that we need to redefine success. That's right. And the things that you talk about, about uh, connecting and happiness, feeling belonging to an organization that has a mission that's important, and uh, and celebrating that, enjoying that. Don't miss the time to smell the roses, to take the walk, to enjoy the day, right? Right, right. Story of my life. <laughs> Constantly reminding myself. So in, in conclusion, anything else you'd like to add that, uh, you know, your, your special message or anything that you'd like to uh, finish up with today's podcast, Anna? I think the special message is everyone always has more room for growth. It's Mm. never done. So just because I'm the CEO and I own a company 
doesn't mean that I have it all figured out. So I plan on always growing. And if you guys have any advice for me, feel free to reach out and give it to me because that's how I learn and grow. Yeah. Because you want to learn and grow. Yes. Yes. Anna Lynch, CEO of Lynch Mikan's Structural Engineers. Thank you so much for being our guest today and sharing your wisdom around your path and how you taken this the structural engineering firm and, and turned engineers into human beings. This is great. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. I'm Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. Thanks again for listening to Leading from the Front, where leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Take care, be well, and be great. Thanks for being with us on Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about the work Dr. Gary is doing, visit statarius.com, S-T-A-T-A-R-I-U-S.com. Music for Leading from the Front is provided by Peter Katz. For more of his music, visit petercats.com. <laughs>